You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. Here's an English standard version. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called him Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me. I want to know if there's anybody in the room who's been praying recently. Maybe not. I wonder if there's anybody in the room who's been praying anything recently. I know some of y'all, we hadn't done 21 days of prayer in August, so I don't want to this would be a prayerless church. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border. One version says territory. And that your hand might be with me. And that you would keep me from evil. Someone say keep me. From harm so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted him what he asked. I want to go back to verse 9. Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, she called him this, which is to say every time they called his name, his name meant grief or pain. She said, because I bore him in pain. But verse 10 says, but Jabez called upon God. I want to talk today from the topic, praying through pain. Praying through pain. Will you just look at someone and say, I've been praying through some stuff. I want you to tell some people, I've been praying through some stuff. Father, I pray that you bless your word. I'm just not able to do it without you. I've, I've done this too long to know that I can't do it without you. I, I really lean and depend on you. i got to have you. Um, I really need your presence and your spirit and your anointing to rest upon this word. Without it, it's just a motivational speech. Father, it is your word that brings life. So bring life to this room. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Someone holler out, I'm praying through pain. I'm praying. Praying through it. So uh, but right before um, I went through um, to my sabbatical that I was on, and for those of you who thought, you know, it was just a, <laughs> a vacation, you know, it wasn't necessarily that, but every year, um, when I have that time off, and I'm grateful for it, and I don't, I don't take it for granted at all, I'm, I'm always um, listening and um, in a state of, all right, Lord, thank you for what we did um, in the beginning of the year. Thank you for the first six months. Thank you for that. Now, what is it that you want us to do, and how do you want us to move forward, and what is it that you want me to critique or change, and all those types of things, and um, one of the things that was really and has been pressing on me for quite a while before the sabbatical, but really came um, in a more clear way during the sabbatical, is that, um, and I want to hear, I want you to hear me. Um, it might sound um, um, hyper, um, what do you call it, hypocritical. Um, the statement that I'm going to say, but I want to say it for those of you who might be feeling it. Sometimes um, as pastors and sometimes as worship leaders and sometimes as those of us who are, you know, before the people and sometimes those of us in congreg uh, 
conversations with people who are going through things, sometimes we're guilty of saying words like, hey, Aaron, sometimes we say words like, you need to praise your way through it. Or we say things like, if you praise the Lord, you're going to feel better. Or we say things like, you know, just praise it out. Just praise it out. Like, if you can praise it out, everything's going to be all right. And I don't want to judge any of those statements, and I don't want you to hear me when I say it sounds hypocritical because I myself have said that, and I myself am a worship leader, and I myself praise, and I say stuff like, you can't out-praise me, you can't out-dance me, and I still believe that to be true. But I will venture to say that it is really difficult to praise when you're in pain. I will venture to say that it's really hard to lift your hands when you're going through a painful season and a painful moment. And I know that you don't want to say it, and I know many times people don't want to acknowledge it. And here, this is not a particular message talking about all of us going through something. It's not about that. But I would venture to say and hear this when I say, don't, don't turn me off and, you know, and say, that's not theologically correct. I know that. But I want to say, praise doesn't fix everything. I've known people who have had wonderful praise breaks, praise breaks that have long, most of the times on most gospel artists' track uh, albums, they always have a praise break track. And you can shout and the drum be beat and all that type of stuff. And we say it's a great praise break and we be jumping and shouting and stuff like that. But I've also seen behind people dancing and shouting the most mentally, um, uh, mentally attacked uh, people or people who are going through depression and people who are going through anxiety and going through things that a praise break does not fix. You can have the greatest praise and worship set. You can have the greatest worship music. You can have the greatest sweating out and all that type of stuff and go home and not feel at home. You can go and all this like, praise your way and God's going to fix your finances. Praise your way, God's going to fix your family. Praise your way and all that type of And we say those different things, but, but sometimes it's not praising through that's really going to change the situation. And, and so the, the, before I went on my sabbatical, I was preaching at a particular uh, church. Uh, it was the last engagement I had before um, I went on break. And um, the Lord gave me what I consider a very somber message. Uh, because, you know, most times when people bring me, oftentimes they want the Mario experience, whatever that is, you know, because, you know, I could be animated and shout and all that type of stuff, whatever. So they think that's going to get. However, I made a vow to the Lord that every place I go, I really listen to ask him, what is it that you want me to say here? I don't can messages, I don't repeat things, and I don't just say what works or try to find something on YouTube and repackage it and make it mine and all that type of stuff because it works so I can get a fat check. That's not me. I want to know what is it the Lord is saying to this particular church. And the Lord, the message that he gave me that Sunday, uh, that particular day, uh, was from Psalm 23 around verse 4, where it says that he restores my soul. And the reason that the Lord gave me that message is because a lot of times your mind and your life and all those type of things might look well. But a question, and I bear to mention or to ask, how is your soul? When David said that he restores my soul, what he meant was he doesn't restore my position always, but he will make sure that I'm in a healthy place to be in position. 
He restores my soul. And David was saying that as a shepherd to say, as I have to restore sheep sometimes, the Lord has restored me. I can't restore others if he hasn't first restored me. But because the Lord has restored me, I'm able to see when somebody else needs to be restored. So I'm able to help somebody else because the Lord has helped me. And as the Lord has been to me, I can be to others. As a dangerous person who tries to be for someone else what you haven't first allowed the Lord to be for you is a dangerous person that tries to lead people a place you've never been. But David said, when I've been through seasons where I didn't feel myself restored, when I felt depleted myself, the Lord restored my soul. And what did he also do, deaconess? He also led me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. The reason he would never allow me to die is because his name was branded on my soul. And the reason he had to restore my soul is because he said my name's on his soul. So I won't allow his soul to be depleted too long because I am the restorer of his soul. That's what those, one of the sisters said one time when they didn't come when Jesus thought they thought Jesus was supposed to come and they were crying and they said Jesus if you had not been here my brother would not have died but they said but even now I still believe that you're able at the day of resurrection. Jesus, because he knew her soul was depleted, he responded to her and said, the resurrection you're looking for, I am that. He said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Everything you need is in Jesus. So David said he restores my soul. Well, interesting, Pastor Guillaume was with me at that message. He was with me where when I ministered that particular message, and you would be surprised how many people don't shout when you talk about their soul. If I would have gave a message talking about, you're going to get a car, you're going to get a car, you're going to get a car. Get a car. Everybody would have been shouting. But when I start saying he wants to restore your soul, everybody was looking at each other like, why is he here? Because it is a topic that no one wants to talk about. You can't shout everything out. God can't restore what you don't say. God is not Miss Cleo. He does not read tarot cards. He does not have a bottle and a wand so he can wave it over to see what you feel. He wants to know your soul. And for order and for order for him to fix it, he wants you to confess it. For those of you who say, well, God is all-knowing. He's all-knowing. He, yes, he is. But he knows a lot better when you just talk about it. You don't have to talk to everybody about it, but we used to sing a song when I was growing up in my dad's church, Missionary Baptist Church. We used to sing a song, those of you who didn't grow up like that, you won't know this song. It's only about 5% of y'all going to know this song. But we used to sing a song, Just a Little Talk with Jesus. Makes it all right. Sometimes you need to just have a talk with Jesus. Just look at someone and say, just talk to him. Just talk to him. So in this situation, in this first Chronicles, the fourth chapter, we find Chronicles is basically, for those of you who know it, it's a historical book of lots of lineages and lots of history, basically saying so-and-so begot so-and-so, this person begot so-and-so, and they had this and they had that and all that type of stuff. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of this lineage and all in the middle of this genealogy, all of a sudden, it says, and Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. In the middle of lineage, in the middle of them saying, so-and-so got so-and-so, this person got this, this person had this many children, and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, it stopped. 
in the middle of all that stuff and just had a conversation. It said, in the middle of all that, but there was somebody worth recognizing. I want to ask you, are you somebody worth recognizing? Through all your lineage, through all your history, through all your family, will they say so-and-so with that, that person was that? But there was one person in my family that was a little bit different than everybody else. I want somebody to say, I'm a little bit different. I'm a little bit different. So it says, and Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Now, I don't want you to miss that, to think that Jabez was one of those people who was better than. It wasn't that. The word honorable actually is a Hebrew word that's called kaved. The word kaved actually means uh, heavier or it means um, uh, wealthy or it means one who had a lot of favor. Now, a lot of preachers would take this opportunity to talk about sometimes people can't deal with you because you got a lot of favor and you're real wealthy in your life. And I got favor. And that's why people don't consider his brothers. He was more, uh, more kabed uh, more than his brothers, which is to say I got more favor than everybody else. And we like to preach stuff like that. But, but according to the context of this text, what really makes more sense is that the kabed word is attached to weight which is to say Jabez was bigger than his brothers. He was heavier than his brothers. For those of you who are in the South, you would say he was big-boned. That he had more weight than his brothers. Like, you could hear him walking around the room. The floor creaked when he walked by. He was bigger than his brothers. And because he was bigger than his brothers, it said his mom named him Jabez because he caused her pain. Which is to say, some things rip when you're trying to birth something heavy. When you're trying to birth something heavy, it has a tear sometimes to it. Like it's a place where you say, that there caused me pain. I don't know if you've ever birthed something in your life that you look back and say, now that right there, I birthed it, but it caused me pain. That thing right there, I came through it, but when I came through, I didn't come through it without a rip. I didn't come through, I didn't come through it without a tear. That thing caused me some pain. I wish we had some people that would be real real in your life right now and say, there are some things in my life I'm grateful for, but what I am grateful for really is that I survived the tear. I survived the rip because that thing almost took me out carrying that thing. That thing almost destroyed me birthing that thing. I don't know if you've ever birthed something that almost made you want to quit in the middle of the birthing. I don't know if you've ever wanted or had something that you were carrying that God placed in your spirit, had a vision for your life, a vision for your family, a dissertation you were writing, some paper you were writing, something you were doing, some child you were raising, some marriage you were in, something that you were in, and that thing almost made you lose your mind because just to birth normalcy seemed to tear apart everything that you've ever known in your life. I want to know, is there anybody who's had to tear something in order to burst something? I mean, that thing almost tore me apart in order to birth it. You have a special relationship with things that you birth that cause you pain. It's not that she called him pain to say that he's a bad child. It's to say you are the one who caused my body to never return back to normal. You are the thing that came through me that I was never the same again. I never looked at life the same way again. And you are the child that caused me to name you to say so that I will remember every time I call your name, it reminds me of what it cost me to birth you. 
every time I call your name, it is a reminder to me that you almost made me die, but I survived enough to birth you. I want to tell somebody right now, don't die in the heaviness. Don't, don't give up in the heaviness. I know you might be going through some heaviness. I know you might be going through a season of hardship. I know that might seem hard, but I'm telling you, don't give up in the push. Just keep on pushing. Somebody say, keep on pushing. Just keep on pushing. Keep on pushing. You will survive the tear. So that's what his name meant. He said, because I bore him in pain. His name was Jabez. I bore him in pain. Now, it would be good to just stop there and they could have picked back up the lineage. But Jabez, I imagine, CJ, everywhere he went, every time somebody called him, they were like, you the one who caused pain. You the one who caused grief. So everywhere he went, Jabez, every time his name was called, it was a reminder of him of how much he cost. Every time they called his name, it was a reminder to him of, of, of his weightiness and his heaviness and, and all that type of stuff that he tried to fit in. But everywhere he went, his name was synonymous of what he caused in his family. His name was synonymous with him ripping and, and causing his mom's body not to be the same. Now, you do notice that there is no mention of his dad, but there is a mention of his mother. It's sometimes costly when you look at a situation that might have already been hard and now you might have been the one who made it harder for your family by being birthed. So his mom named him pain, not to say that she had pain before him, but to say that she had pain because of him. It says that he walked through and I'm going somewhere for those of you who are waiting for something to shout about. It's going somewhere. Somebody say it's going somewhere. If some of y'all in the old church are like, I don't know where it's going, but it's going somewhere. <laughs> he says he birthed him in pain his name was Jabez and said it was pain but what I find very interesting and what I love about this particular text is that it doesn't stop there it says and then Jabez prayed his name meant pain but he was not satisfied with just being called by what he caused he wasn't just satisfied with that. He said, I got to pray. And it says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel. Is that in your Bible? It's in mine. It says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel, which is to say, Jabez said, I've got to learn how to pray through pain. I've got to learn how to do this thing because every time they call my name, it means pain. Every time they call my name, it means associated with something. Every time they call my name, it reminds me of what I was birthed in and what I came through and how my life has been. And this has been difficult. Every time they call my name, I cannot seem to escape what I call. So i got to pray. It says, Jabez called on the God of Israel, which is point one. That the reason that he had to pray through it is because prayer or pain does not have the last word. Say it again. Pain does not have the last word. Will you say that with me? Pain does not have the last word. Just say it again. Say pain doesn't have the last word. Now look at somebody and say that to them. Pain doesn't have the last word. That's why he said, and Jabez called on the God of Israel to say, I will not allow pain to have the last word. I will not allow this situation to be the thing that they talk about forever. 
I will not allow this thing to be the thing that cripples me and causes me to not know anything beyond this thing. I will not, I will rise above this thing and I will not allow pain to have the last word. And that's why I'm asking many of us to shift it as it relates to praise to prayer. Because many of us know how to praise through, but I want to ask you, when is the last time you prayed through something? I mean, we got a good praise, and, and I thank God for the choir, I thank God for the musicians, I thank God for the drum tracks, I thank God for all that type of stuff. But if you don't know how to pray, but you know how to praise, let me tell you this real quick, give you this for free. Praise is for God, but prayer is for you. The Bible says, Psalm 150, let everything that hath breath do what? Why are we praising him for his mighty acts? For his greatness, for his kindness, for his mercy endures forever. That's all adulation and that's all thinking about the wonderful things he does. But when I pray, that's a direct line with God that all of a sudden heaven responds. All of a sudden angels start standing at attention. All of a sudden heaven starts bottling up my tears and saying they don't want to just praise me. They want to do something about this pain. That's why I pray because it signals towards heaven that there's an essence. OS, where praise couldn't do it, prayer can't do it, and I can't praise through this season. I've got some demons that are trying to take me out right now that I don't need a praise break. I need a prayer life. I've got to get back on my knees in prayer. I've got to disconnect from social media from a second. I've got to not spend so much time with my boo thing because I need God and the only way I'm going to get him is if I talk to him. I can't just praise through this season. Because I prayed before, I praised before, and that only got me so far. Praise gives me a good time, but prayer gives me a God time. I don't need a good time, I need God time. You know FaceTime, but I know God time. Somebody say, I need God time. This season I came, it ain't about praising. Now hear me, prayer can produce a praise. I can start out praying about something and by the time I get locked into it, that prayer can produce a praise. I can go to God on my knees and say, God, this is hard. But all of a sudden, I'm getting on my knees saying, but you are a wonderful counselor. You are a prince of peace. You are the mighty God. You are the everlasting father. That's when I start praising. But my praise only came from my prayer. That's why I had a little talk with Jesus. That's why I told him all about my troubles. Because he heard my faintest cry. And he answered by and by. Somebody say, pray. Prayer, prayer, prayer. I didn't mean to turn up like that, but prayer will cause me to praise. Prayer will bring me in before the presence of God. Start out heavy, but leave out light. We used to sing a song a long time ago. I feel better, so much better, since I laid my burdens down. And the only way I can lay my burdens down is by having a talk with God. Now hear me, don't get, don't get, don't get twisted. I ain't talking about you gotta have all types of King James English. 
You ain't got to have a whole prayer book that you go through. Sometimes God knows you enough you to say, hey, God, what's up? Hey, God, it's me. Hey, God, it's Keisha. Hey, God, it's Jack. Hey, God, it's Matt. I know some of y'all who want to say, oh, God, of our weary years. God, of our silent tears. Sometimes I don't have time for all that. I'm like, help. Help. God, I need you. I don't know what else to say. What I know is that I can't allow pain to have the last word. I want somebody to release some round, some sound in the room and say, I prayed about it. Yeah. So I prayed. All right, excuse me. All right, stop it. Bring it down. So Jabez said, I can't praise through this thing because my name is synonymous with the pain. So I got to pray about it. It says, and God, Jabez prayed to the God of Israel. And what he said was, oh, that you will bless me. <laughs> he said, oh, that you bless me. I want somebody to just lift your hands right now and say, Lord, bless me. I know some people tell you, you shouldn't ask God to bless you. Well, I'm sorry. I want him to bless me. I want you to bless me. I know you're blessing other people, but Lord, bless me. He says, Lord, I want you to bless me. And I, I, I wrote this down. And the reason that I believe that it was great for him to pray this, Mark Batterson says in uh, The Circle Maker, he says, history belongs to intercessors. If you want to change your history, pray about it. If you want to change your future, pray about it. If you're waiting on a job, promotion, if you wait on a raise, just pray about it. Don't, don't worry about it. Promotion does not come from the east and the west. Promotion comes from the north. I don't know who that's a word for, but you waiting on your supervisor to do what only God can do. Some things, history belongs to intercessors. I want somebody to holler out, just put it in the atmosphere right now. I'm going to change my history. I'm going to change my history. I know it sounds incorrect. I said getting ready. Yeah, I'm getting ready to change my history. Somebody say, I'm getting ready to do it. I'm getting ready to do it. And it's going to happen through prayer. History belongs to the intercessors. So Jabez said, oh God, that you will bless me. He said that you will bless me. And he says, and enlarge my territory. The reason that he said that, he said, oh, will you bless me? His bless me was kind of open-ended. He said, I'm not going to tell you how to bless me. But what I am saying, in the blessing, will you include enlarging my territory? That's what I'm asking. Will you enlarge my coast? Will you enlarge my, border, my borders? enlarge what I know. The reason that he said I want to do that was because I realized that pain doesn't permanently paralyze. Say that again. Pain doesn't permanently paralyze. Now, Jamil, I don't want you to miss this. I didn't say that pain doesn't temporarily paralyze you. But pain does not permanently paralyze you. Because there are times and there are moments, there are seasons and things that will happen that will seem like it paralyzes you. Well, you don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to move. You put the, put the covers over your head. All you want to watch is sad Netflix movies. All you want to do is watch sad, sad, sad uh, R&B music. And you want it to rain outside. And you just want it to rain so you can sit there in a sunken place and be in despair. So when somebody says something, you're like, yes, so sad. So I know you want to create. Sometimes life will put you in a space that you don't want to live out of. 
and you don't want to come out of it. I, maybe I'm in the wrong church. Has there anybody ever been in that season before? You can just raise your hand and say, I've been there. <clears throat> I've had moments like that. And it's hard because some of y'all have a hard time acknowledging that because you're so saved. I mean, some of y'all are more saved than, than Jesus. I mean, y'all are real saved. I mean, y'all don't, y'all, y'all, y'all baptize Jesus. That's how saved you are. Like, you don't, you, and, and what happens is when you're that saved, you're so saved you can't tell the truth. Like, you can't, you can't tell the truth. You speak in Christianese. So when people ask you how you're doing, blessed. But you're in an abusive relationship. Blessed. But you've been molested. Saved. But you have porn addictions. Like you can't speak in Christianese and die next to the cross. Jesus died for all things. Did you hear me? All things. And in order for you to receive the true gift of life, you got to tell him all things. And now hear me. Don't tell the church everything. Don't trust everybody. But get some people that you can trust that can look at your smile and say it's fake. You need a friend that can look at your picture on Facebook and say, what's going on with you for real? What's happening? Behind that filter is a frustrated person. But we don't tell the truth because we've been taught to speak in Christianese. So we get up here and say, first giving honor to God who's ahead of my life, but he's not. I give honor to the pastor and his wife, but you don't like them. You cannot speak in lies and expect God to bless it. God, is this it's too bad, Justin? Please just play organ because they can't take it. They want me to go back on sabbatical. They can't. I, they just can't take it. It's the wrong church. I told you, Lord, they didn't want to hear this. I told you, and you told me to preach it. And I told you, Lord, those people don't, those ninjas don't want to hear the truth. I told them. He said, preach it anyway. So here I am up here preaching it anyway for somebody who's in pain that you really want to tell the truth. I know you got on your heels, and I know you got nice, and I know you got your nice filter. You up against the wall. You know, all this stuff I know. But to really tell the truth is to mean there have been seasons in my life that almost paralyzed me permanently. I mean, there have been seasons, maybe not y'all, but there have been seasons talking about me in my life I knew I had the joy. I heard about church hurt, but I never thought I would experience it myself. I heard about it. I read about it. And I said, oh, it's so sad. But when it happened to me, it almost paralyzed me. I said, how can people who call themselves Christians treat other people who didn't do anything wrong like that? Almost paralyzed me. Until it didn't. You hear what I said? I said it almost killed me until it didn't. I want to know is there anybody right now who can stand up on your feet and say there's some things that almost took me out. But Brandy said almost doesn't count. 
It almost tried. It almost tried to take me out. It almost tried to kill me. Almost tried to destroy me. Almost lost my mind. Almost lost my praise. Almost lost my worship. Almost stopped going to church. But I almost didn't count. That devil tried it, but it did not work. Somebody open your mouth and say it didn't work. The other day, <laughs> the other day we were driving and Mel said to me, she said, you know, today is the day that you experienced something a few years ago that you experienced that hurt. And I said, huh? She said, today is the day that you experienced that hurt. I said, funny thing is, I don't even remember it. I'm sorry, y'all. It may not mean anything to y'all. But I remember there used to be a time every year around that time where I couldn't breathe. I didn't want to talk to nobody. I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to come to church. But now all I know is one day you will heal, and that's all you will remember. preaching black man I think I am somebody say one day you'll heal and that's all you will remember all I know is that I survived it I just that's all I remember I don't worry I don't remember no more like like I'm the date didn't even have a grip on me no more it tried to paralyze me but I look back and say I don't I, I, I can't even remember what it felt like to be dropped I can't even remember. I know it happened, but it has no more grip on me. Is there anybody in the room who can look at yourself right now and say, I survived some stuff that almost tried to kill me? Yeah, so, <laughs> so he said, you know, sit down, make me preach. Sit down, sit down, stop it. Alex is here. I don't want to preach like this. Stop it. You know. I don't want to preach like an African-American church. We don't do stuff like that. We, we are a multiracial, multi-ethnic church. But when I think about Jesus and what he's done for me, when I think about Jesus and how he set me free, I cannot help but give him praise for what he's done. Somebody say, I want to praise him for what he's done. Thank him. Thank him. So Jabez said, Jabez said, Jabez said, Jabez said. Now I know Jabez said it, but I want to know what you're saying. Jabez said, bless me. But I want to know what's the last time you open your mouth and say, bless me beyond this. Bless me beyond this situation. Bless me beyond this season. I want somebody to be bold enough to say, I'm praying bold prayers for a bold breakthrough. The devil was bold, so I'm going to be bold. Somebody open your mouth and say, bless me right here. Bless me, bless me. So, Jabez. Okay, Jabez, he said, bless me, large my territory. What he was saying is, all I've known is pain. So take me beyond what I know. When he said enlarge my territory, don't let the scope of what you do be the limitations of what I know. 
Take me beyond this area. Take me where my faith is without borders. Take, take me beyond this place. Take, take me beyond the place. Take, take me beyond pain. I need you to bless me beyond this spot. That's what he said. He said, enlarge my territory. Because everybody in this circle knows what I got. Everybody in this circle knows what I've been through. Take me to a room that I don't have to talk about what I came from. Take me to a place that is beyond what I know. Enlarge my territory. That means thank God for who I was with, but maybe you want me to be with some other people. Over here, all they talk about is pain. But I need some people that can talk about testimony. Over here, they talk about hurt. But I need some people that can talk about healing. Over here, they crying tears. I want somebody over here that will say, God will wipe away all your tears. I want somebody to say, enlarge my territory. So Jabez said, enlarge my territory. Because I can't let pain paralyze me forever. I want to speak to somebody right now who you felt like you've been paralyzed and pinned to it. But Jesus came to give you a word today. Rise up from your bed and walk. Rise up from that thing that's trying to kill you and walk. If you will look at a few people right now and just tell them it's time to walk again. It's time to live again. It's time to be healed again. It's time to be whole again. It's time to do what you never thought you could do before. That thing can't kill you. So, bring it all the way down. I'm through. So he said, so he said, enlarge my territory. Is this blessing anybody? I promise y'all. I want to make sure it's the right message for the right people. He said, enlarge my territory. I'm trying to teach it, but the teacher and the preacher, you know, they're cousins. So Brianna, the teacher, becomes the preacher. So they, they, they be preaching, preachy, teachy, preach, preach, teach. I don't know what they are. Treachering. <laughs> so here it is. I think Sophia Ruffin said that. I got it from her. But anyhow, so. Here it is. He said, enlarge my territory. And this is what he said. I want you to miss this. He said, but keep your hand on me. <laughs> Hosanna, I don't want a blessing that his hand's not attached to. Some of y'all miss it. I don't want a promotion. I don't want a check. I don't want nothing that his hand is not attached to. My mama's hand was attached to my pain, but your hand is attached to my purpose. I don't want nothing that your hand is not attached to. He says, I want your hand upon me. Why am I praying through this? Because prayer will touch your pain. Don't miss that. Prayer will touch your pain. If you got a pain, Prayer has the ability to touch it. Prayer can reach through generational cycles and touch your soul. Prayer can break through masks and touch your soul. Prayer can break through cycles of depression and loneliness and heartache and despair and touch you in ways that nobody else has touched. That's why I pray because when I pray, it touches my pain. That's why we used to sing a song, uh, shackled by a heavy burden, beneath the load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of God touched me. I'm no longer the same. Because somebody just holler at right now, he touched me. He, he did it. He did it. That's, that's why I have what I have. Pain has the ability to, to, 
Ooh, I feel Jesus. Jesus. Pain has the ability to touch my pain. He says, oh, that your hand would be upon me. Then he ends here. He says, that I will not cause any more pain. <laughs> Hear this. I was born in pain, but I don't want to experience pain forever. Because power, I mean, excuse me, prayer removes the power of pain. I'm in it here. Prayer removes its prayer removes its power. It doesn't mean that prayer doesn't mean that pain doesn't hurt, but prayer removes its power. Don't miss it. He says, I don't want to have any more pain. He says, I know that you have the ability to deliver me from that. Prayer removes the power of it. Doesn't mean that he takes me out. Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.